Alright, alright, alright. Grand so- rising. <laughs> I'm sure you can all guess who I have on today's Black Create Connect episode, podcast episode, um, where you hear conversations with amazing black entrepreneurs and professionals. And today I have with me, oh my gosh, this, this is a special drum Bami Kateye, founder of Twerk After Work. She's also my business partner doing DI, consulting and training. She's just a boss female founder and everything. Come introduce yourself. Jeez, grand rising, everyone. <laughs> I am here. My name is officially Bami Kate. However, you can call me goddess. You can call me queen. Hey. You can call me empress, okay? Hey. I am the founder of Twerk After Work. <laughs> Bami Kate, you can Consulting, which I partner with Alicia on. Yeah. And I'm just overall a grandly rising positive force of energy in this world that we all need. Like if mm. you could put my energy in a bottle and sell it, it would be number one uh, bestseller. Honestly, honestly, and the thing is, I can I can actually verify that with Bami because she's been staying with me and it's our home now. <laughs> it's not our home. Like for throughout the summer and um and just in general. And it's been like a light and a breath of fresh air I feel like oh. I just feel unstoppable I feel like I can do things that I never thought I could do say a year ago and we're gonna we're gonna talk about okay, that yeah. we're gonna get onto we'll get all of that. that and and everything but I want to start off with you and your journey because okay. I know a lot about you probably everything about you yeah, <laughs> about your journey but a lot of some people don't True. so let's start back 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 to when okay. you first kind of first of all where did you go to school Again? So I was born in London. So I went to school like from year reception to year eight okay. in the UK. Okay. And then when did you move to Canada? In year nine or year 10, going into year 10, year nine, going into year 10. So like when you would do GCSEs, I didn't uh, do any of those stuff. I didn't do GCSEs or A-levels, anything. I did all Canada education. What was it like going to... I'm Canadian to, girl. Yeah. <laughs> she completely Canadian just visited London. She's Canadian. <laughs> what was it like going to... It um, felt like... It kind Canada. of felt like American TV show. Like I remember I was watching a lot of like high school shows on like Disney Channel to see, okay, how's it going to be like yeah. when I go there? Um, and it's pretty much the same. You have like lockers, there's like cheerleading squad there's like different groups in high school yeah. like it is pretty much like american american high school it's yeah. pretty much the same thing so no regrets basically you're happy that you moved over no, there i'm so happy i'm so happy i didn't do gcse's and everything i'm so lucky i have this canadian yeah. flavor it really made me go more with like a caribbean culture too that's how yeah what you like, <laughs> i love dancer bashment <laughs> wine everything is from my toronto experience so it just it made me who i am today so I, i'm so grateful what was your upbringing like because because you're so positive i can only assume that your upbringing was just positive vibes good energy your parents were like feeding that into you like what was your general upbringing well I feel like my general upbringing was overall good no complaints like my dad my dad's more the positive one and I get Mm. a lot of stuff from his like side of the family and Mm. he's just so bubbly and optimistic Mm. and that really channeled down into me like Mm. it's about 60% I believe of your happiness like genetically Mm. is from is genetic so it's from your parents or Mm. whoever else is in your family and the rest of it you can make up so some people Mm. are just naturally more positive than others and I believe that I have like quite a high Mm. happy gene so that's Mm. why I'm naturally quite like optimistic like come on yeah let's do this type of thing Mm -hmm. so when you were I guess kind of going to university you went to university in Canada as well yeah I went to University of Toronto 
Okay. So what did you want to do? I know I'm guessing twerk, twerking wasn't like on your first agenda when you was going to university. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what is it that you were really good at and you thought, okay, cool, this is what I want to do when I'm older? Um, that's a good question because all I was doing at university was obviously studying, but I was winding up, twerking up, like on speaker. <laughs> Every university event, you know you're going to see Bammy on the stage with my girl Asha. Like we shout always, out Asha. Shout out Asha. We got Asha, my Jamaican bestie, on the stage, on the speaker box, brocking up ourselves. So I'm even trying to think, what actually was I thinking of doing? I I was working at a bank for some time. So okay. at one point I did want to go into uh, be an investment broker. Okay. So that was that was something, yeah. Okay. But I felt like I was more pushed into that because I was getting promoted at my job being a banker. So I was like, okay, I'll, the next step is to become an investment banker. But mm. I don't think I was truly passionate about it. It was just kind of like the next step. But then when mm. I got Google, that's when everything kind of changed after. Mm -mm. So before you went to Google, when you was in university, apart from winding up yourself, what did you study when you was there? Uh, <laughs> apart from studying uh, the art of winding up. Um, <laughs> Human resources, economics, and sociology. So in Toronto or Canada slash America, mm. you can do like double major and a minor. Like you can do different degrees. It's not like you go and do one degree. So okay. I did a double, one major, double minor. Me so, are smart, Galina. Yeah, no, intelligent. I know. <laughs> you know, when I first met Bambi, I thought she was actually Jamaican. Especially because your name was all Bam Bam. True, yeah, I thought, yeah, yeah. This, the, this lady's definitely Jamaican. So just, so a question. So up until the point that you went to university, who were your main inspirations? Did you ever have like an idol or did you have anyone in your life that you felt like you really truly inspire me based on your work what you do, or what yeah. you do? Yeah. It was always my dad, to be honest. It's always been my dad, my OG, Ayokutei, the head of the Shout family. out, daddy. Yes. He's coming on my LinkedIn post before and I love him. <laughs> my daddy. dad is the best. Everyone go follow my dad on LinkedIn, Ayokutei, okay? Go support what he's doing over there. Um, but he's always been my influence. Even when I would go to job interviews, people would say, who you aspire to who do you look up to i'd always say yeah my dad my dad is first and then now i'm older i'm second it's me my dad i like to thank me <laughs> like, thank you because how can i yeah. look up to anyone else when no one's had my experience no one's lived yeah. my it's not the same i can look up to oprah but her experience completely different than mine so yeah to look up to someone that's actually in your family or to yourself is actually the biggest flex but why why your dad was it because he was so positive or was it because of his profession or how he handled certain situations because i can say for example that i look up to my dad because of how he's a family man and how mm. he looks after his wider family not just himself True. and that inspires me so what yeah. what type of characteristic traits was it in your dad that you felt like nah that's dope well it's always the fact that he said I came I came to this UK with one suitcase this size he even still has a suitcase and I promise you where's the camera it's like this big it's one little piece of suitcase and I'm just like oh my gosh dad you came with all that stuff and now he has he's done multiple businesses he's had a gas mm. station business he now has his own consulting business he works yes. in the States in Canada he has a real estate investment portfolio million dollar homes like he is so successful wow. all from one little suitcase. suitcase so it's like wow, wow that's that's so inspiring. If you can do it with your that small start and you've given me even more of a head start, then imagine what yeah, I can achieve with that, yeah. knowing that my dad did do, that. do you know what? I feel like 
dads make a huge impact on girls, especially. Yeah. Because I feel like my dad's very similar as well in mm. that sense. Like he's been entrepreneurial and showed us the ropes. And I feel like that's what gives us our fire to be yeah. like, we need to make sure we're topping what you've already given to us. Literally. Do you know what I mean? And that no man can take us for idiot. No one. we have like dads, not even just dads, amazing dads Involved. who are present yeah. in our lives. So yeah, it's like, how yeah. can we now go with some... We have standards. Yeah, we have standards. We we have to address dating and being a female boss as well. Yeah. Point oh my gosh, we have to talk about that. It's, it's, it's serious. It's, we were talking about it on the way here, and yeah. it's actually a madness, especially here in this UK, London. Yeah, yeah. Get us just, to ATL. Get us to LA. I get know. us to Miami. <laughs> uh, I mean, get us to Dubai. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> or to Africa true, true. Africa but honestly like I mean just touching on the dating as a as a female boss as well like how apart from being in the UK but how have you generally found it t- dating men as your own boss as a woman mm. well I'd say honestly I've had great experiences like I have great relationship with my exes but um, I think it's always hard because for me, I always find the sense of growth. I grow so fast. And yeah. I'm recently, or whilst I've been an entrepreneur, I haven't found someone who's growing at the same rate or even faster than I am or in a similar direction. And because I'm always switching locations, countries, yeah, yeah, ideas, like yeah, I move, yeah, yeah. I travel for fast. my business all the time. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like, am I going to bring someone on the ride or are they having their own ride? How do we, mm. how do we kind of, mesh our lives together but it mm. has to be someone that's on my level or above even though i i feel bad sometimes saying level but it's the truth <laughs> period Can't lie. Like, period. It's just, there are levels to this so as a black woman as well like dating do you find and like that's in your position do you find that it's harder being a black woman on top of that as well or do you find that it's not as difficult I think it depends what you're into because we can't mm. just blanket black women together and that's what's so important to mention as well mm, like mm. even companies need to just stop saying just black women because we all mm. come with our different experiences yeah, you come yeah. with a you're more black British experience yeah. I have more black British but also Canadian, Canadian experience yeah. so we come with our different experiences mm. I think that for me personally as a black woman mm. I find it hard because of the type of person that I'm looking for however I've seen other black women in business mm. who it's so easy for them they also usually don't necessarily just want to be with a black partner they also mm. might be happy mm, mm, you know mm. dating in other races and yeah, for yeah. them yeah it's going well and it's yeah, going yeah, fast yeah, you yeah, know? yeah this is just your individual this journey is my individual. What's happening. exactly yeah exactly. that's what i always admire about bami she doesn't really compare herself to anybody's journey or anybody doing whatever it is you, you just you're just, just like live. i'm yeah. on bani you know bami's time and Bam, bami's life and i love that about you i'm just vibe i'm just literally vibes <laughs> just just good vibes <laughs> <laughs> so okay so taking it back to university okay, yes. days so obviously you studied the sociology HR and economics right how did you land a job from university to Google because that's a massive I think that's where a lot of if not any everyone probably wants to work when they leave university so how did you land a job in Google so I started off the process just knowing that I wanted to leave Canada and come to the UK and work that was always like my vision so that was the goal and I just started researching companies that had offices in the UK pretty much so I signed up to a recruiting agency mm. it was called SEO London I believe so I know SEO London you know SEO London yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I signed up to SEO London and um I was just applying applying different and I got so many no's mm. there was this one internship at Google 
London for like HR, mm. but apparently I missed the, like I was graduating too early to be an intern. Right. So I would have to apply for a full-time role. Right. So then, oh, God bless her. Shakirat, I believe is your name. If you listen to this podcast, we need to connect because I'm so grateful you gave me this opportunity. She called me and she said, oh, there's a role in Dublin, which is like full-time if you want to apply for that instead. And Aww. I said, Dublin? <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> It's like, I'm not going Dublin, but sure, let me just practice. <laughs> Do you know what? <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm like, only Bammy, like, it'll be from Canada. To Ireland. <laughs> to Ireland. <laughs> so, okay, let's talk, like, what was that like, especially, like, with your personal experiences? Because, again, as you don't just come as a black woman, but you come as a cultured woman by yes. yourself. Yeah. So what was that whole experience like for you it was very intense to be honest like and it's so funny you ask because actually this grand rising i was just writing a letter to my 22 year old self her first day like at google Mm. and it was it was intense just because i had so many emotions i didn't feel like i really had a step a stable landing in the country like i didn't have family i didn't have friends so i just literally showed up in this place and all of a sudden now i'm like starting a whole new job whole new career i didn't even think about that yeah it was emotional like getting there it was fine but then after work when i'm like oh my gosh what's going on no one looks like me all these people have like been doing ski trips since they were like born went to prestigious universities have like traveled all around the world and i'm just here like you i'm just coming from (laughs) canada bro like what i'm just bami katea i owe bami even yes (laughs) As in the full government. <laughs> I had no clue what was going on. So mm. yeah, it just felt very intense, very heavy, but it was after, um, I should I continue my story? Or continue, no, okay. I'm listening. It was after founding Bam Bam Boogie, like whilst I was at Google, that's what really helped me find mm. my freedom, find my voice rather than just following the normal route of like mm. getting promoted and staying at Google for like, I don't even know, 20 years or whatever. Mm. Cause the benefits are good, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I've got a, like Nads works yes. there now, so she tells me already the benefits good are benefits. good. But how long were you at um, Google for? I was there for almost three years. Yeah. That's how long I lasted. So, <laughs> that's a long time, though. Thank you. I really myself up for that. That's, I don't even know, 900 days or so. Yeah. I really did that. <laughs> so, do you have any memorable experiences that really kind of, I guess, addressed the importance of inclusivity at Google. So without kind of being negative, but more so talking about an experience that made you think it's actually really important to be Mm, inclusive. Yeah, a thousand percent. And once again, I was just speaking about this when we were at uh, one of our corporate offices. I was doing a a workshop on confidence, careers and self-care. And I was explaining to everyone in the room, like it's really important to be inclusive because Mm. when I started a new team at Google, Mm. they were calling me, let's say her name was Sarah, for example. Mm. There used to be a black girl on the team named Sarah. Mm. And they were saying, oh, like, hey, Sarah, that's the new Sarah. Oh my God. And it's like, I I was like, who the hell is Sarah? Then one day I'm in lunch and I meet Sarah. And Sarah is the black girl that used to be on the UK team. And at the time, the UK team, it was only Sarah that left. And then I... I joined yeah. and then after like another black girl joined after I'd been there so it's like you need to like understand these microaggressions and these nuances so that yeah. when you bring a new member on the team you don't just call them the old black person's name you take the time to get to know if yeah. every individual person that's what true yeah. allyship is so yeah. that's what really like 
triggered in my mind like oh damn yeah do you know what that experience like resonates i think with a lot of us as you know ethnic minorities in general when we're in workplaces like from even our hair to i remember you know sometimes i'm a bit wild i'll wear a long wig today and a short wig tomorrow because i feel like it because i feel like it and i'm i remember um (laughs) going into work one time again different wig Oh, your hair's changed loud. And I'm sure that's something a lot of black girls can... Because why are you shouting? Do I shout when you've dyed your greys blonde? Nothing. When it was grey on Friday, Karen? Honestly, like, you know, if we're going to go there, we don't comment on any, you know, fillings or, you know, fillers or what do you call it? Botox. We don't comment on all of that. Do you know what I mean? And that's that's something that you do. So for me, it's like, you know, all of this is is annoying. But that name thing, you're like so-and-so is just painting everyone with the same brush because I'm not calling you Tom, 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 Tom. It's not fair. We're not doing that. That's disrespectful. That's disrespectful. Yeah, (laughs) call someone by their name. So I just, yeah, I was like, okay, wow. So obviously I didn't have a great start working at Google, but I'm sure there's so many other black people who do. Yeah, yeah. So what inspired you at the time to start Bam Bam Boogie? Bam Bam Boogie. Bam Bam Boogie. Um, It was just honestly, it was my mental health, bro. Like it was really in the down and dumps I just say depression, anxiety, like my heart was palpitating going into work. Mm. Um, So because of that, I realized that, okay, I need to make a change. There's no point in me just cry, cry, cry every day. What can I do? Started to go to the gym, started to feel more confident in myself, Mm. little sexy. So I said, hey, I want other people to feel like this too, but I want it to be like fun. So I started doing dancing with like my gym group. We would like dance Mm. after our sessions and they were like, oh, this is sick. You should do something with this. So then I like made it into a big campaign. We launched it in uh, the Dublin office. I was like on the screens, bam, bam, boogie coming soon. I love it. Sick. We did a whole campaign around it and it ended up being the most popular Googler-led like dance fitness fitness That's class. That's amazing. Google. I say history today. I don't I don't believe any other class at Google has top mine, period, worldwide. I say that with That's confidence. amazing. Yeah. And you went to Brazil as well for a conference. Yeah, Tell I us went about to Brazil. That. Um so it was for black. We have this group called uh, BGN, so Black Googler Network. Mm. And I was on the leadership team, so I got chosen to go to Brazil for a black leadership conference we did a lot of volunteering a lot Mm. of speaking and just inspiring the communities and Mm. getting the groundwork of diversity equity inclusion in brazil because Mm. some countries like that they don't always understand that there's a problem or that there even is diversity Mm. it's like we're all brazilian yeah but Mm. there's darker brazilian that take on more african Mm. roots there's lighter brazilians that take on Mm. more portuguese roots Mm. so you can't just lump everyone together so Mm. it was kind of just giving the education piece and yeah it was really amazing it was really really great trip so I guess with all that being said like you did so much at Google sound like those great benefits they really like championed you clearly mm. which was which I'm I think well was actually really I championed myself <laughs> I did not give them okay I championed myself and they had to listen they didn't do anything I love that shit. energy yeah but for people that feel like they don't have that energy and they want to have that energy mm-hmm. what like what kind of advice would you give to them to be able to kind of champion them themselves, champion themselves yeah, yeah. I'd say start to truly believe in yourself and understand your worth. You can do that by, I guess, brainstorming more about what 
what feels right to you like in terms of what feels what gives you confidence what mm. fuels you because the more that you focus on that rather than your quote unquote weaknesses mm. the better your life is going to become you're going to feel more mm. confident in those things you're going to have a clearer vision mm. you're going to be able to champion yourself because you know what you know you know i'm good at this it's mm. like i'm good at maths i'm going to stick to doing maths like mm. there's no point in trying to work on your weaknesses to bring them up to your strengths just go all in on your strengths kill it with that and people will start to notice you mm. and you'll also start to notice yourself yeah. and i think that's kind of what gives you the confidence to keep growing and expanding that wealth of knowledge when you play on your strengths i only play on my strengths i do not i don't lose i don't do anything that i'm not great at i just pay someone else to do that because i know it's not it's not my strength why would i waste my time i admire that about you as well because i've because i I respect it because it means that you are reliable if you say you can do something you can do something you're not going to try and figure it out and then mess it up yeah but a, a lot of people don't do that a lot of people don't recognize their strengths and weaknesses how did you kind of get to a point where you could truly identify this is what i'm actually good at and this is what i'm not so good at like how did you get to that realization with yourself because it's it's also hard to be that honest as well yeah with yourself yeah like actually i'm not that good at that (laughs) yeah um so i actually did this uh book this like quiz slash book it's called strengths finders have you done it before no it's it's a book by I can't remember the name but just google it and it's a quiz they go together and you'll find out like your top three four strengths and ever since I read that book I was think I was like 23 24 I was like I'm living the rest of my life like this like I know my strengths now and I'm just gonna go for them of course the book is limited so you take what you want from the book but it definitely helps you in understanding a bit more about who you are so Mm. say for example one of my top strengths is winning over others Mm. so that's why my business is so community based because Mm. I know that I naturally have an in influencing presence where people are going to want to join whatever mm. I'm doing so it's kind of like know your strengths and just go all in on that yeah yeah so I'd say start start with a personality test something like that and then make your own picture of who you truly are based on that yeah so has there been anything that you feel like you really wanted to be good at but you just couldn't really get there did you just leave it alone mm, that's actually a good question never had that one before <laughs> Is there anything that I wanted to be good at? <laughs> Some would say singing, but <laughs> my throat is still giving, okay? I'd still say I'm a great singer. Sometimes I'd be hearing about me singing at the morning and I said, oh, what did I? <laughs> so <laughs> I still believe I'm an excellent singer. Thank you very much. <laughs> Um, so some would say singing I still think I'm an excellent singer but another one hmm you know what I'm actually I'm not sure I'm gonna confidently say I don't I can't think of anything that I've tried to do that like I really wanted it to click and it just didn't click because the singing one it's it's dead it's another is it (laughs) don't let me hit a few octaves on you right now (laughs) but also I actually believe as well that there's like a a gaslighting free behind if you think you're good at something and you actually tell people you're good at it they're gonna start to believe it as well yeah regardless <laughs> they will yeah one listen in six months time this is gonna say Bammy was singing and it was so it was good. sick yeah. I heard that vibrato in yeah. your voice I heard it do you know what I mean it's gonna it's gonna happen but, but for real I feel like that like that's belief in yourself and you kind of having that confidence in something, people will just start to jump on that wave and be like, do you know what? She actually I is. guess you are good at it. Yeah, you have to be delu- delusionally confident. That's yeah. what I say. Like, why not just fully go all in on yeah. you and just believe in you? What's the worst that can happen? Exactly. And the thing is, in, in some respects, there's some things I think that 
you can't determine like what's good to you. True. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like this yeah. is good to, 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 me, to me. Yeah, if I think I'm a good singer, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter what your standards are. If I what? believe my voice is sick, then then that's then it's sick. it is. Like when I'm when I think about it, because I even think about it from a perspective of like hosting and interviewing and stuff, and I think this is my style. This is what I like. This is you know it's completely different to yes. Karen or yeah. to this person, but I think I, I think you like good. it. But anyway, so um. Going on from obviously you finding Bam Bam Boogie, Bam Bam Boogie at Google. So a lot of people, I guess, go through a situation where they're at work, they they start to um, develop a company, they don't know when to leave, mm-hmm. right? When's yeah. that point that they completely say goodbye nine to five? Yeah, I'm gonna go all in. When was that point for you, and what was that thought process behind actually doing that? Leaving. For me, honestly, there was like a tipping point for me where I just said, honestly, my health, my body, my system literally can't take it. I was getting sick. I was consistently on antibiotics, always going to the Google doctor. because they literally sick. have Yeah, they literally have doctors in the building. Like I was getting this unexplained illness, tonsillitis, this, this and that. Always just having some type of illnesses, broken up my ankle, hurting myself, just different things from being in, in, work. in work. And I didn't realize that all of those stresses came from my job and that environment just because I did not want to be there it was affect it was literally affecting my health so i just said this this can't be the way that i'm living my life when i was mm. fine before never on antibiotics and then i think from like 2016 to 2017 i was on like seven times i think or something antibiotics something crazy antibiotics yeah. you know i was like this is not me wow. this is not my life so um there was that for me it was literally like forcing me out and then i also read a book by malcolm gladwell Mm. the name of it it might be the tipping point but i think it might be outliers one of those two by malcolm gladwell Mm -hmm. and it said that for anyone to become a master or an expert in something they need to do ten thousand hours in that craft Mm. and i was sitting there calculating okay if if i work seven hours and i'm working on bam bam boogie for four hours Mm. that would mean that i could do like make my business ten thousand hours be an expert in it in 30 years time and then i said hold on what if i quit my job and i said oh then i'll have 10 hours in a day and then i'll be able to do it in 15 years i said this job I must release it and then from then I said no 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 I'm setting myself up I did my personal training course I took like a good six six months to a year to set up all my eggs in a basket and when I was ready I got my bonus same day I got my bonus handed in my notice in 30 days it was perfect. It was such a It's effort. the hand gestures yeah. for me. Fling it. I said, manager, I said, you, come. Let's talk one, one-on-one. He's like, is everything okay, Bammy? Yes, fine. Come, come, come. I said, boom. Notice. Gone. <laughs> he was like, oh, it was so sad to see you go. Oh. So it go. <laughs> so basically, you set yourself up over a long period of time yes. to make sure everything was in place and then you thought that's it let's, yes. let's go with it yeah it's very important to do that anyone who's listening to this podcast I'm not mm. just telling you to just quit your job like that yeah. I believe that you do need to have structure in place financing yeah. a small business plan nothing crazy yeah. but have an idea of what you want to do don't just up and left your job yeah 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 be be smart with it yes. basically so when you were in that predicament okay cool unemployed by myself how did that feel um it felt how did it feel it felt freeing let me start on that note it felt extremely freeing and empowering to know that i have my own schedule no one is putting a one-to-one unexpected (laughs) in my diary i was free from the shackles but then after a few weeks i said hold on no one's putting any meetings in my diary i need to put the meetings yeah (laughs) i need to do something (laughs) 
so then I started to think, okay, okay, no, this is serious. Um, so it took a while to build up my confidence to actually start putting meetings in my diary, having certain working hours. But yeah. I must say at first it felt so freeing. I just yeah. felt like, wow, this is literally the life that was made for me. I... I don't know if I could ever go back to a long-term role full-time in corporate. I could definitely yeah. do some short stints here and there. Yeah. But like long-term, I just don't see myself there. My schedule is, it doesn't align. I can see. And I'm here for it. And it's, and it, no, and it's inspiring me cause, because I think if you weren't in my life and living with you, I don't think... I would have first-hand experience of seeing the freedom that is available, mm, yes. if that makes sense. Because yeah. people talk about it and people say it, but you should, Bami lives so free and it's so nice to see and feel. Aww. And I'm like, no, I'm sorry. I, I, I need to be living my best life. Do you know what I mean? Not waking up like yeah. when they say you have to wake up. Because sometimes you do want to work late. Like yeah. sometimes you want to work till midnight. Yeah. That doesn't mean I should wake up at eight. It means I need to wake up around 11, 12, 12 and then start my yeah. day slowly. Yeah, Rise, rise slowly. slowly. Like the rush of corporate, you're ah, rushing. Me. Everything's as like sometimes I wake up urgent meeting, yeah. urgent. I'm all like, hands. Oh. <laughs> all hands, huddle, <laughs> company meeting. I'm like, okay, company. What's so important? Like, we're not saving anyone's life. Like, it's not that deep. So yes, yeah, so I'm gonna enlighten you guys into um me and Bammy's journey as Ooh. to how I kind of came across Hold on Bam Bam. Thank you, darling. Welcome. And um. Um, yeah, so I remember um, I went to Barbados in 2017 and I went to the carnival for the first time Ooh. and I fell in love with soca. I fell in love with whining freely naked. And mommy, sorry, <laughs> sorry mommy. Mommy. Um, You know, and it's again, it's a part of our culture. So even though this is that create connect, this is a part of yes. who we are, what we yes. do in our fun time. So anyway, um, yeah, so when, when I came back from Barbados, I remember me and the girls were just searching for like dance classes. It was like, we need to continue dancing. <laughs> we need to continue this. And we went to a couple and they just weren't banging. Like, I remember I went to one, I think it was just me and Lay in the class and <laughs> her. And we was like, yeah, this isn't, this isn't it. So we almost gave up. And then um, I saw your advert on Instagram. Wow. And, and I was like, guys, this looks so much fun. Like this girl, bam, bam, boogie. Like she's doing these classes work after work. So like literally, I remember me, Misha and Leah was like, let's book to go. Do you remember oh, we came to the first yeah, class? Yeah, in Brixton. Yeah, we came to one of the classes. So when we came to the class, I would never forget that routine. It was- What was to, the two touchdown? It was to, um, every <laughs> And it was just a vibe. And I was like, I like this class. And I was like, I like this girl's energy. Like, she's just a vibe, complete vibe. And I remember from then, I think I went to classes here, here and there, but every workplace I went to, I was like, can we bring in this dancer? Yeah, can we bring in this dancer? Was and the thing is, was I, wasn't so even, good. I wasn't even friends with Debbie at the time. We was just, I just liked her energy <laughs> because you weren't, um, do you know what it is? You weren't stuck up. You weren't, you were just cool. Yeah. Just, do you know what I mean? Just there, yeah. What did you, actually, question, before I even get on to, you know, how we, like, when we met and start working together, how did you take me? When I first, you first met me, did you think, it's just another crazy client? <laughs> <laughs> so, to be honest, I didn't, the only, the time that I remember first, first meeting you was actually after the Facebook event. Wow. Yeah, no, sorry, one time before that, for, um, At, um the, a, Bev's event. You were- Bev's event, yes. Yeah, you were host, Alicia was hosting, 
Um, uh, you were the MC, remember? Yeah, yeah, for yeah, Bev's, yeah, Bev had an event, Black, Black Nation, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a, like a Black-owned yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. supporting group. It was amazing. Shout out yeah. Bev, by the way. Yeah, shout out Bev. Uh, she's a real one. So that's when I first remember meeting you properly. And uh, then when we got close, I feel like it was after the Facebook event. So I don't even truly, really remember from... She didn't remember me. From the... <laughs> I talk to so many people yeah, in my class. Yeah, I, love yeah. everyone. I love everyone that comes to my classes. I'm talking to everyone. I was a nobody, guys. <laughs> but you know, no, 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 no. We love each other outside. <laughs> made it out of the friendship, out of the client zone, into the friendship zone. Now even in our sister zone. Do you know what I mean? In our sister zone, do everything. But um, but yeah, so I, I remember um, just wanting to plug you to everywhere. And then it was a Facebook event. Yes, that's when that's when stuff really started. Yeah. Bro, we <laughs> had a blast. Whatever the Facebook event that was. Oh, was I miss the days before COVID. Drinks were flowing, food was food. flowing, twerking up the place. I did a twerking tutorial for the for Facebook. Facebook. That was that was fantastic. I was like, I like this. That was so much fun. Like, and then after we went back to Alicia's and I think I just said to her, oh my gosh, I would love for you to work with me, like yeah. help me get more deals and stuff like that. And she was like, I would be honored. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how I am. <laughs> this girl's queen of drama and the- <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah, that's cool, that's fine. Let's talk about <laughs> it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that, that was and um, so yeah, I mean, what made you kind of say that to my dramatic self at the time? So I was just taking it in that okay, every corporate deal that I've been getting that year had been cut from <laughs> she just wanted one workplace. And I'd be messaging her, being like, Do you work here now? Or what is this company? I didn't understand that. She was the one that kept moving to different company. So Literally. I'd show up and she would be there. And I'm like, oh, so you work yeah. here. Now you work here. I think I worked at four of yeah, yeah, yeah. Workplaces. different workplaces. <gasps> she was while I was stalking her. I was like, yeah, it's me again. Hi. It was no, but it was amazing though. That's how I really understood like, okay, there's a corporate bag. Like that's why it's so important to support yeah. your people. Cause Alicia opened up my eyes to the corporate bag. Mm. Like there's so much bags for us to collect, mm. especially now as black women in corporates. Yeah. Go and collect your money. Yeah, yeah, honestly. It's, have not, budgets. it's not, exactly. It's not just the B2C kind of general market you need to go for. Yes. Companies, they have budgets and they're willing to spend the money. Yes. So I guess we can kind of get onto that. So we've cool. been on, I mean, before I even actually talk about the corporate journey, I remember obviously COVID happened mm. and you had to change a lot of things in your business and you did yes. that quickly. Mm, yeah. And you also, I f- not I felt like you did, you went through like a down period mm-hmm. as well. Talk to us about that, What how COVID was for you, how you, how you reacted and how you kind of felt around the COVID situation. So COVID times for me was really difficult because especially at that time, so I started the pandemic when I was what, 26 years old, I'm 29 mm. now. So I was 26, like, mm. you know, I'm young. I'd only been running my business for two years, really. Mm. I started in 2018 and then the pandemic started in 2020. So I was just starting to get in the flow. Mm. I marked 2020, like I'm v- big on manifesting, vision boards, all mm. of that, like declaring, speaking out my life. And I declared 2020 as like one of my best years yet. Mm. I started off in January meeting the COO of Facebook, Sheryl Sandberg. I remember, yeah. Met yeah. a billionaire, like Facebook was um, doing, I was doing classes at Facebook. Mm. They're one of my biggest corporate clients. Everything was going sick. Yeah. And then February 
2020, March 2020, everything started just to tank. And I was like, oh my gosh, I put my whole identity into this business. Mm. And now, you know, we don't really have that same community, that same vibe mm. anymore. So mm. it was hard on me emotionally, but mm. for a period, it was really good for my business because we were able to reach more people. Like I was, I can declare from what I could see on my timeline, mm. I was one of the first people to pivot my business to mm. online, like especially in the fitness mm. industry, really fast. It literally took me like 48 hours and mm. we had a whole online studio mm. scheduled because of the fact that I I listened so closely to my community mm. because a lot of them had to self-isolate because mm. they were high risk for COVID. Mm. So I immediately pivoted to work around their schedule. Mm. And then for like over 18 months, we had this booming online uh, studio, an app, Bam Bam Boogie, Twerk After Work app. Um, yeah, things were going really great. Yeah. So... I remember doing lockdown, obviously you, you went online, which was sick. You'd done it really quickly. Um, and then at a certain period you moved from the UK. Yeah. <laughs> yeah one time Alicia called me, yo, are you okay? I said, yeah, I'm in Canada. I was like, what? like, what are you doing She's there? Like, well, I just saw you the other day. Yeah. Um, actually, it. no, she didn't. You know, we were in lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was, because I tied so much of my self-worth to my business, mm. the fact that my business was no longer you know doing what it was doing before I couldn't do the world the instructor world tour all these different things mm. that I tied to my value because those all stopped mm. and because I was just giving my energy so much online to these classes mm. I think there was time where I was teaching like six seven maybe even eight classes a, a day, day online yeah, and then turning off the screen and it's just me no one else I can't see no family no friends yeah. nothing yeah. it just really started to get to me I felt like I was giving away my energy and not yeah. getting it back from my community yeah. not anything of their fault it's just the situation we're in yeah. um, so so yeah, my mental health got really bad. I'd just come out of a long-term relationship. So mm. I was just feeling very, very alone. So mm. I just said, F it, I don't need to be in this country. And, mm. and I moved back to Toronto and that started my digital nomad journey in, I think it was May, 2020. And um, what's your digital nomad journey? So my- <laughs> <laughs> What is that? What is, what is that? How do we get that? So my digital nomad journey started in Toronto, May 2020. And from there, I decided that, you know what, I'm not going to just move back to the UK and just live there permanently anymore. I just mm. made that declaration to myself. Mm. So from May to, we're in 2020. So from May to December mm. 2020, I was in Toronto. And then I was like living at friends, at my family's, at different Airbnbs. I was just all moving all around. Mm. And then in December, I came to London for one month. And then I moved to Mexico. And then I was in Mexico from January to August. And then I moved back to Canada for three months, came to London for three months and went back to Mexico. Mm. So now I'm literally a digital nomad. Home is everywhere for me. And my business is everywhere for me. But yeah, I am here in London for a good, um, maybe six, seven months more whilst I work on some exciting projects. Yes, uh, yes. So when you was in Mexico, what was that like for you? Because you was by yourself mm. and you were working on business. So how was that experience? How did you meet new people and really find yourself? And I felt like you became more spiritual when you went there. Yeah, everyone said <laughs> like, that. Everyone <laughs> notices I came into my full ground. hair off everything. Mexico, yeah, I went, shaved my head within one month. <laughs> everything was just coming towards yeah. me um so yeah mexico was incredible it was kind of hard at f it was no, no you know let me not lie it wasn't hard because it's mexico like mm. you're literally out there feeling the heat feeling the beach like it was amazing mm. but what made it difficult a bit was the language like i don't i'm not fluent mm. in spanish so 
Sometimes it's like, okay, I don't know what people are saying. I'm really. You know what? I feel like this is off topic, but I feel like we need to have one of those whining sessions. We like, do. Yo, me and Alicia used to whine up for hours. Music, drinks, wine. Like we're at the club just playing. We need to have one of those. We need to have one of those. No, we do. Sorry. So Mexico. So spiritual journey. Spiritual journey. And yeah, grandly rising. So yeah, it was hard at first. I was luckily enough that another friend like from Instagram, I wouldn't even call her my friend at the time, but Bella, she's now my friend. And she also planned to go to Mexico at the same time, escape the UK at the same time. So we met in Mexico, started living together in Mexico. And it kind of helped because it was someone else who was British. I didn't feel like I was so far away from home. So I think that really helped me to assimilate. Then I made these amazing friends. We have a little group now, 245. Shout out Megan and Michael from the States. So we have like our group and I feel like I just really got so much like power from that, knowing that there are other women who are literally just traveling the world, doing what they want. There's a huge community in Mexico of black women specifically who are just working freelance or having their own businesses. I I learned that when I went there this year as well. It's it's amazing. So for me, it just started to feel like, okay, this is my life now. I can't can't have any other life because I've seen these other women do it. I can Mm, do it too. mm. Um, So that was amazing. And then the spirituality came from joining like Mexico where I was in Mexico is just naturally a very spiritual place mm. um they have a, a lot of they have a rich Mayan history that's what I'm trying to say What's that? so Mayan is like their ancestors that's the uh, name of their ancestors yeah before they got colonized right okay. yeah so they have like natural bodies of water called cenotes you probably went to the deep like deep deep pools don't remember. Maybe, yeah, but <laughs> she was having a good time. When she was a good time. <laughs> um, so there's just a lot of rich spirituality, especially yeah. in Tulum as well, right. which I went to a lot. Right. Um, so I started going to full moon ceremonies, learning about cacao and just really immersing myself in this, I guess the history of the country, but then it also mm. tied me closer to my ancestors and just learning a bit more about who I am. Because at the end of the day, it's all about you, right? Um, so yeah, I learned how to swim and I just really started to feel more free and more connected to this new version of myself. Shaved my head and it just gave me this newfound, I guess, confidence and stability in who I am. That's so sick. Like it's, And also I, f- I find it very interesting that you were open to doing these things because mm. you know, our backgrounds, black, Christian, yes. Caribbean, African, yeah. like it's very like, you don't but, look at anything else kind yeah. of thing. Did that ever play in your mind a little bit? Did you think about, oh, what's my parents going to think? Or, you know, like, is this against what I've been taught? Or was you just kind of going with what you what felt right? I just went with what felt right, to be honest, because at the end of the day, yes, I love Christianity and I love the church, but mm. I feel like these experiences have had more of an impact on my daily life than, say, for really? example going to church or the Bible has, to be honest. Really? Okay. So I just have to say it, but that's for me yeah, personally. Yeah. That's what I feel. I still respect Christianity and I yeah. still pray, etc. But I do feel like these practices have had more of an impact on me as a person, like, and the way I choose to live my life. What type of practices um, did they kind of teach you that has helped you to have an impact on your life? Well, I wouldn't say that they've taught me anything. I think it's the fact that I... 
after being part of like ceremonies and stuff like that, I feel mm. like, oh, okay, I have I have the answers and I can create the life that I want rather mm. than thinking, rather than putting the power on someone else, the power's now in my hands in terms of the way that I want to create and manifest my life to be. So for example, my grand risings every day, mm. I'm mm. consistent, doesn't matter if I'm hungover or not, mm. I have some type of grand rising. Mm. And that's because I know that that's my space with no one else no one else's voice is just mm. my own. Mm. And that's so important. When you're trying to achieve or manifest a certain goal, have a mm. certain vision, you can't have outside noise. You can't have people speaking fear and doubts on your plans. And that's why mm, mm, mm. I personally created my own grand rising routine. Mm, mm. Do you still connect with God in those sessions as well or outside of sessions or not really? Yeah, I'd say I'm always connecting with God because like God, the universe, it's all one. Mm, and yeah, so mm. I'm, always, I'm constantly connecting with God. It's not just like, in a grand rising I'm connecting even right now I'm mm. having making a connection Mm-mm. I'm constantly plugged in yeah you are and you know what one thing I've I really again another thing I admire about Bami is the fact that you appreciate your own your time like your self care time mm. and even your, today I know I know I know I know I listen I'm so I'm grandly accepting <laughs> What's what's the word? I'm grandly appreciative. <laughs> grandly grateful. <laughs> okay, cool. So this is so the, so that's kind of the place. Let's go to the place where you kind of learned about yeah and got yeah got deeper into my manifesting and met a lot of other people who had their own routines as well that I felt inspired by. Like, okay, this is dope. Like, just picking and choosing what feels right, what feels good. Yeah, what feels good for me naturally. Yeah. So do you do you think you're now more sensitive to like? Biz, like more business decisions that are yes or no's and 1000 really um, now i'm an intuitive entrepreneur before i was just an entrepreneur like trying to do tech bay and all this mm. but now i'm an intuitive entrepreneur so if, if something doesn't feel right you don't do it, it doesn't matter how much money it is whatever i just i just stay away really yeah i have to always shoot into myself first and like you said i'm always giving myself time to even hear if it feels good like yeah. remember at the end of last year i think it was we just took a pause on all business yeah, stuff because i just had a call did. with alicia it was supposed to be a meeting strategy i just said Babe, our I energies were low yeah my chakras are not aligned yeah. i need to go and work on myself yeah. and then we'll come back stronger yeah yeah and you know what i remember i was actually saying to nadine today that just before um we like Christmas and everything, and we spoke, and we, me and Nadine went to Cyprus, and we did a yes, whole like little thing where we we really got spiritual on that trip. Like we did a lot of writing, we wrote like a whole letter to ourselves Aww. and a prayer, and like threw it into the sea, and we really manifested a lot of things that we wanted for ourselves, which is now coming to light wow. this year. And I think it was so important for us to take that time, because yes. we had been going go 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 Non-stop go go yeah. yeah, we didn't take one break. We didn't take any breaks to really reflect and think. Okay, cool. What is the strategy? what we're gonna do are we gonna continue doing what we do doing like you know but I mean I feel like it'd be really important for us to share about our working experiences as well and also our expertise like in Mm -hmm. D&I and everything um what do you what advice would you give to anyone that wants to work with their friends like what's it been like working with um a friend you can be totally honest yeah yeah of course (laughs) (laughs) you know I'm gonna say how it is I think you can't work with every friend. I think that's mm. very important to remember because I have had situations where I did kind of work with friends before and it didn't mm. go as smoothly and as well as the working relationship with Alicia. I think it's mm. important that you have clear boundaries, clear expectations and 
<clears throat> excuse me, the person that you're working with, they also have to be matching your level and have that same energy of drive. Mm. If there's any type of misalignment, things aren't going to work. Things work well with me and Alicia because we're both, we both have the same, we both have the same like vision, but also the same tenacity, the same mm. energy that we put mm. to our work. Because even when I hear Alicia on calls for her actual full-time job, mm. she's consistent with it. She's on job. She's asking mm. straight away, mm. let's book a next meeting in the diary. She's mm. consistent. Mm. Whereas if she didn't have that type of energy, mm. we wouldn't be able to work well together because mm. that's the same way I am. I want to close deals. Mm. I don't just want to be floating around the place. Mm-hmm. I feel like one thing that to, I mean, to add on to that as well, we're very honest and we're very aligned with um kind of how we deal with clients yes. and like what we yep. say yes to what we say no to and if for i mean sometimes we have conversations where we might even have disagreements or difference yep. in opinions yep. about something but i think the way it we discuss it and the way we come to a conclusion is done in such a healthy way yeah it's always respectful we're always, always yeah. understanding like say for example there was one time we were revamping our prices and I wanted to go way higher. And <laughs> I was frightened. Go, yeah, she didn't want to go as high. She was like, but, but, but. So I was like, all right, you know what? For this time, I'll meet you in the middle. Yeah. Now we've even probably surpassed yeah, the amount yeah, that yeah, I yeah, even yeah, said. Yeah. So there was no point in me. It's like being in a marriage or relationship. There's no point in me yeah. fighting with Alicia over what, 400 pounds difference yeah, or whatever yeah. it was. Because now a year later, we've even now surpassed yeah. both of our goals. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, it's just about treating it like a relationship you know yeah yeah and I think even to add on to that I mean there's times where we feel like work might have shifted and we might be like okay cool let's lessen this percentage yes. between each other or increase this or whatever it is and I, I would encourage anyone out there that's working with their friend to just have those conversations honestly if you feel it just talk about it yep. and if you're on the receiving end of being spoken to it's not personal mm. it's business it's business <laughs> when business is business like, and we have a good boundary with that yeah. when it's business time we'll be in we'll be talking about business when it's about personal time yeah. we just have our personal time like yeah. when i'm grandly rising alicia knows now do not <laughs> I know. asking me about deals and emails and this have you seen that have you booked that no we don't do I that i learned my lesson boy the one <laughs> we time don't do that. i remember one time i mean just to share just to share <laughs> Just, um, yeah, there was one time where um, <laughs> <laughs> I got I, I got in at like maybe six or seven a.m. in the morning, and Bammy was awake, and I think there was like an email. It wasn't even urgent. It wasn't even it, urgent. It wasn't, it wasn't urgent. Yeah. And I was like, Bammy, have you done this? Whatever, whatever I was going to say, and Bammy said, I'm still grandly rising. <laughs> and I said, Oh, there we go. That's a boundary, and that's. <laughs> but I think it's so important because you because I respect yeah. it. Like if you're a, a decent, fair human being, I think if someone puts a boundary in place then you just respect it. It's fair. It's, yeah. And it's a fair boundary to say. And yeah. I think that it's made our relationship much better because now that doesn't happen. Whereas if you keep something on your chest, yeah. one day it's going to become a big... And then you yeah. keep talking <laughs> then, to me. Like, in the morning. <laughs> and then and I, I, I'll be like, huh? Yeah, and then you're even confused. <laughs> like, what? Just so Yeah, it's just easier to talk about. Just I don't say know. it straight away. Like, yeah. whatever it is, just nip it in the bud. All right, cool. My yeah. bad. I won't do it again and we move. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's all it is. That's all it is. But um, I guess talking about our expertise, so we do, obviously, workshop and training sessions and consulting mm-hmm. in DNI. What's, what's some of your favourite sessions that we've... Um, 
Oh, definitely. My favorite session to deliver is self-care, confidence and careers workshop. Just because it's so my bag and it's so overlooked in the workplace. Wellness, yeah. like we need, like your employees need to be well for them to even show up at work. Yeah. And then they need to be even better than well. They need to be great to yeah. do exceptionally well and perform. So yeah. why are companies not making that, that a priority? Impact. Only now since COVID, since they realize they yeah. need their employees. Otherwise everyone's saying, I got COVID, I got COVID. I'm not coming in. Yeah. Now they're realizing, okay, wellness is actually at the forefront of our HR yeah. strategy. So that's one of my favorite workshops. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's, I even agree with you because um, with wellness, I think people have been overworking since working from yep. home as well. Yep. And people are struggling to even transition from working at home to working in the office or whatever it is. So it's super important because right now it's the candidate-led market. Candidates mm. are getting jobs left, yep. right and center. Yep. So companies need to really, you know, look after who they have. So mm. I completely agree with you. I feel like... In regards to um, training sessions, I love allyship. I knew you were going to say I that. I love allyship. I, I love allyship because I love it when I see it demonstrated in yes. in life, mm-hmm. in general. Yeah. So, and because I think we're allies, we you are. know, of, of communities, especially as as community builders, you are naturally an, an ally. ally. For everyone in yeah, your community. Yeah, exactly. You are. So I feel like whenever I see anyone that's an ally, um, whether I know you personally or not, it really warms my heart. So delivering those sessions and educating people on, you know, how to, what allyship looks like and how to be inclusive and the results of that and how it impacts a business is so, um, it's so, it's so important. I feel like we're having a massive impact. I a think. huge, yeah. huge, huge, huge in- impact. One of our clients this week said it's the best talk that they've ever yeah. had yeah. come yeah. to their company. Like, yeah. because people actually took things away people were talking about it after they were implementing the changes right there and then in their lives so yeah yeah, I think that we're having a huge impact but it's just the tip of the iceberg we are literally just getting started yeah honestly like I can't wait for us to blow massively even more because right now we haven't for lack of business we haven't tried we've been so blessed we've been so so blessed everything has just been so organic and natural we haven't even really had to really do much of a strategy per se um but now we are going to right yeah yeah, (laughs) i mean right yeah we have a strategy meeting this week so we are going to do a little bit more but you know when you're doing work that's so good naturally people are going to refer you naturally more clients are going to come just because they can see that the work is amazing yeah yeah. there and i feel like as things begin to grow i mean i I can get completely personal open with with you guys you know i'm in a situation where i'm considering full-time doing things and you know leaving the corporate and everything i'm kind of in that limbo at the moment but i think as we start to actively try try to grow things there's going to be more of a demand for for my time because even now i'm trying to keep up i'm just mentally exhausted after work and it's like but this needs to get done or we need to do this deck or we need to do have a with this client and i need the space to do that the Mm. mental space to do that so it's the wellness it's the wellness you know time for you as well yeah it's important to kind of recover and everything from that but um i guess in regards to like dni is Mm -hmm. there any any kind of top tips advice that you can be giving out there to companies first of all okay as to what they can be doing to have a better dni culture and also to individuals who are in companies who may want to um feel more included and to combat things like imposter syndrome that we talk about Mm. so there's two separate questions there okay cool so first question companies you need to put some budget (laughs) behind your dei yes okay 
okay. And I'm not just saying that from a business point of view because mm. I've actually seen it whilst working at Google. Of course, I have my issues there, but I must say for a good period of time when I was there, they put a nice big hefty budget behind mm. their DEI strategy and you could see the impacts. Like I went to Brazil, we had a whole global black Googler network meeting outreach every single year mm, because mm. Google invested in that and mm. it made their black employees, most of them happier and mm. like help them to get promoted and yeah. things like that. It just yeah. makes a huge impact when, you know, us as employees who are diverse can see, oh, they've actually invested money into this. Like I now have a mentor. Or I'm able to go and do this workshop mm. because I'm a diverse employee. We actually need more support than non-diverse quote unquote yeah. employees because we need that extra confidence. We need that extra um, support with managing promotions yeah. and things like that. So that's the advice that I'd be give to companies. Like if you mm, really want this I big, agree. big strategy, put some money yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Cause when we be having co- meetings with companies and then we have a big old meeting about how it's so important to them. And then they tell us like peanuts. Yeah. We're like, how? How do you want us to deliver this or to have this impact that you want us to have with two pounds? Yeah, it's like, not fair. Especially in this cost of living crisis. <laughs> two pounds can't even get you on the bus it, these it, days. Can't, can't, can't do nothing. Do you know what I mean? Especially when you're international. Yeah. This is time zones. Yeah. But that we're talking yeah. about. It's waking yeah. up at 6, 5 a.m. Bami's yeah, been do dedicated to the... Co- Bami's yeah. done workshops at 4 a.m. Yeah. And I've, I never have to... One thing I can say again, I never have to worry about Bami just delivering or doing something. Mm. And I think she feels the same about yeah. me as well. It's just reliability. Just knowing yes. you're going to do that. I'm going to do this. Did it, like it's just Let's get it done yeah. yeah but um okay cool so that's for companies yes. fyi for people that are in the workplaces that are feeling alone that are not feeling included that have imposter syndrome what advice would you say to them mm. well we deliver a workshop on imposter syndrome so i'm gonna give you a piece of advice from hey. that that i always give um so i'd say if you are currently battling with imposter syndrome something that you should really I guess start to make part of your daily daily culture, daily life is bigging yourself up for doing mm. like the smallest things. These mm. things help to increase your confidence. You send an mm. email, yes, Bammy, I just sent an email. Like, you know, yeah. every small thing that you do, you celebrate yourself and you give yourself that win because realistically you sending that email is actually adding to your portfolio of things that you're good at. Yeah. You're an email sender today. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. doing this, you're yeah. a coffee taker, whatever it is that you do, this is adding to your portfolio, yeah. which helps increase your confidence. When you have higher levels of, I'd say confidence and self awareness Mm. it's less likely that you're going to get or feel imposter syndrome as often Mm. because you truly believe in your source but obviously everyone still can get imposter syndrome i still get it even with as confident as i am i still feel imposter syndrome at times but those are things you can put in your toolkit to kind of remind you like okay yeah i've got this i'm i'm ready yeah and i think to add on to that as well it's also about owning your individuality as well because yeah you are different yeah you might be the only person that looks like you and talks like you and acts like you in the room but that's that that's your individuality and that is to be celebrated because you're not going to be the same as everybody else i think that's and i think that's incredible yeah now as i don't know if it's an age thing as well like as i'm getting older it's like i like me you know yeah. I like you know this little arm that jiggles sometimes it's yes. okay you start to like, fall in love <laughs> with you even deeper yeah I mean I think a nice point to kind of wrap up on is um something that you do in all of your like classes which I feel like I want everyone in this whoever's listened to this podcast out there to potentially do this um with Bami I think she knows what Ooh. I'm gonna get on to affirmations affirmations yeah. Queen of uh, affirmations. affirmations we need to do some affirmations of course let's go okay so 
take a moment to relax your shoulders, unclench your jaw, sit up nice and tall, and I want you to repeat after me. I am confident. I am confident. I am creative. I am creative. I am successful. I am successful. I am a winner. I am a winner. And I can achieve anything I put my mind to. And I can achieve anything that I put my mind to. Because I. I. Love. Love. Me. Me. And give yourself a big hug. Self-love is the best one. Oh, oh my gosh. That was so incredible. so good. Thank you, Bam, for for interrupting your self-care day. I know. It's so (laughs) real. Cut it short, but it's okay. I have a self-care evening too. <laughs> no, I, I owe you something. I can, get, you. I can get dinner or something. Thank you for but, having um, me. It's been amazing. Honestly, Black Creek Connect to the world. Push uh, forward. I know in 10 years time, we're going to listen to this podcast and we're going to be laughing in our mansions in Miami. <laughs> okay? You know, and also, just to also highlight... Bami Kate is now certified, verified on Instagram. Jeez, she gang, has gang, the gang, blue gang. tick. Gang, gang, gang. So you can find her, Bami Kate, on Instagram and also um, the LinkedIn. LinkedIn, too. yes. B-A-M-I-K-U-T-E-Y-I. And if you want to twerk, twerk after work as well yes, on the Instagram and there. TikTok too. Yes, at twerk after work. Come and join us and DM me Black Create Connect if you want a little discount on your first hey. class. And also, if you want to book me and Bammy for like any workshop sessions, if your company, if you feel like your company really needs some of us or a bit of us, our energy, energy education, um, all of that, then just send me an email, alicia at bamikatea.com. And how, how do you spell that? Just for anyone that doesn't, like your name. Oh, um, B-A-M. I K U T E Y I and it's actually Kute E. Sorry. This is Jamaican self has been saying it. Kute E. Kute E. Her Kute. Nigerian last names, but it's okay. She'll get there when she finally gets that. I'm like, Nigerian I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get my gele. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna say it right. It's gonna come to me. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, so follow us on socials and don't forget to connect with us, Black Create Connect, and also myself, Alicia Latoya LDN on Instagram and Alicia Richardson on LinkedIn. Thank you guys for listening. Remember to subscribe and all of that and share with your mates. And I'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye.